So let me ask that a question again. Has anyone told a lie? <laughs> Good. Uh, and um, I've been thinking about it. It's quite easy to tell or exaggerate a story, uh, you know, especially in terms of hunting and fishing uh, and golfing, you know, how much you scored on that. It's quite easy to, to, to fabricate, you know, what the score was, but it becomes increasingly difficult uh, if, there's, if there's a witness <laughs> standing next to you. Like, they, it makes it more difficult for you to, to, to say something that wasn't true. And... Uh, uh, I thought about a few examples, but unfortunately Fritz and, and Doa and uh, some of the guys that I wanted to use weren't here. I was going to tell you a, a lie, and uh, I was going to let you see their facial expression, and, and you were going to, anyways, so, and you were going to tell me what I said with, what I said was a lie, because, like, you know, if, I, if Fritz was standing here, and I, I tell you about a round of golf that we played, and, you know, how Fritz and his team had us up against the wall, but, you know, on the last hole... You know, we, we scored and, and we beat them. Fritz would laugh because I haven't beaten him yet. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, so, when someone is present uh, that knows the truth, it's very difficult for us uh, to not experience their recognition that we are telling a lie, right? And imagine if you're... I mean, if, you're, if, if God was a physical person with you all the time, I believe it would be so much easier for us to just live and walk in His ways, right? <laughs> Imagine you, you know, confronted with moments where you need to, you know, love or forgive, and God is standing there, and you can be like, I know, God, I need to love and forgive, no, okay? <laughs> and... Um, but God, in His wisdom, has not limited Himself to a physical form, right? Um, he has sent his, his Spirit to live in us and to be with every single one of us. And we need to continuously strive to increasing that awareness that He is in us. And it's, one, it's the most difficult truth for me to describe. It's so hard for me to explain to you what it is like to have God inside of me. You have to experience it for yourself. So I, I want to encourage you to do that this morning. Um, and as you become, I believe, as you become more aware and more conscious of God in your life, um, you will walk in His ways. You will become, you will live out His character. You'll become more like Him. Isn't that all what, what we all want, Right? I'm going to tell you a story, well, I'm going to let the Bible tell you a story, I'll read it for you, of a particular instance where a group of folks weren't aware of God, and, uh, and uh, spoiler alert, but things didn't go particularly well for them. <laughs> um, Exodus 32, yes, uh, so uh, this is a story of the Israelites, um, they're at the bottom of the mountain, Moses has been gone for a while, and it says, When the people saw, that's the Israelites, that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this, as for this oak, Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. 
Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. What absolute nonsense. I mean... How delusional, right? Um, but let's just evaluate that. And you know, the thing is, I would, I would strongly encourage you not to judge the Israelites, okay? Because uh, if, as it happens, we also happen to be people just like the Israelites, and we tend to fall into the same traps that they do. So I've learned my lesson, right? Um, I've judged them before, and God has, God has humbled me. Um, he's often showed me that I am exactly like uh, the Israelites. But it's interesting in this case because I think uh, Moses, you know, we don't live in the same time as the Israelites did. Their connection to God was very strongly associated to Moses, right? We'll give that to them. Uh, hearing from God, you know, knowing what to do, uh, being led by Him, you know, obviously it was, came very strongly through Moses. And I mean, the preceding chapters up to here was basically Moses verbatim repeating what God had told him to the Israelites, okay? There was an instance where the Israelites heard God's voice, and they said, sorry, God, we want to hear from Moses. You talk to him, and then, <laughs> and then we'll listen to you, okay? And often, oftentimes, we have those kind of figures in our life, right, who are our connection to God, um, the people, you know, that we run to, when things are going difficult, you know, it's them that we ask, what must I do? You know, um, luckily we live in a dispensation where we have strongly been uh, taught by the Word of God that each and every believer can go to Him directly, right? We don't need, you know, the fact that Ruan is here doesn't mean, is not here, doesn't mean that God isn't speaking uh, this morning, right? God spoke through various people this morning. Um, and as soon as that connection disappeared, the Israelites started to stray. So as soon as Moses was gone too long, as soon as their connection with God was gone, um, they started to get up to no good. And I, I briefly thought about this, and the interesting thing for me was that um, somebody led Moses astray, uh, somebody led Moses away, right? You know who that is, right? God called him up to the mountain, okay? And I don't think God was unaware of what he was doing, right? He left this group of Israelites um, without Moses for, for, for a while, long enough for them to get up to mischief. And Often it is like that with us as well. When we lose our connection with God or that which represents our connection with God. God can take that thing away from you so that he destroys that um, symbol of connection with him so that you are drawn closer to him again. And if you don't draw close to him, um, as it were, the Israelites show us, you know, things start to fall apart and our hearts start to um, 
be led and stray away from, from Him. And the thing, we become dependent on certain routines, certain structures, and we find life in them, right? So, in the beginning, when I just got saved, I found lots of life in Sunday services, in meeting together, in praying in a, you know, together. But after a while, I started to become dependent on those structures. And slowly but surely, it, my experience was that the life started to get sucked out of that thing. And it started, started just to become a routine that I have to keep on doing. You know, because, well, I've started this thing, I've got to just carry on doing it, right? Everyone else is doing it. <laughs> you know, I've got to join in. But somehow, your connection with God seems to have been taken away. And I would put it to you this morning that I think God has something to do with that. When, when you start to experience a disconnection from God, I think God is busy and active in your life. I think He's leading you into a deeper place with Him. And if we don't recognize that, we start to get bitter. We start, to get, um, we start getting resentful. And that leads us away from God. You need to recognize the dependencies in your life that God is sometimes taking away so that you would walk in a deeper relationship with Him. Um, I think it's a nice analogy here because they weren't necessarily conscious and aware of God at that stage. But we have access to Him without any hurdles, without any obstacles. If you are in Christ, you have got direct access to Him. You can connect with Him this morning. There is nothing stopping you in Jesus from connecting with God this morning from becoming aware of Him this morning. from While I'm talking, you don't just have to hear my voice this morning. You can hear His voice. So we could, there could be a group of people and someone could be talking in front. And someone in the room could not hear from God at all during the whole preach, right? Because they're not, they're not connecting. They're not conscious of Him. They're just listening to words that a guy is saying in front. You could be reading the Bible. You could be singing a song without uh, connecting with God. And uh, it's in those instances that the way that God points out to us that we're not connecting is we experience the lack of life in it. Interestingly, as well, in, in the story... Um, they start to make idols. They start to worship something else. And that, I mean, we start to do that as well. I remember, um, you know, getting saved, you know, praying. God radically healed, you know, my emotional uh, state. I became, I became a better person. Like I started, I, my relationships became better. I didn't handle conflict with my fists anymore. You know, I started to actually talk to people and forgive them. Uh, you know, I stopped swearing. Uh, you know, there's, there's things that just became better in my life. Uh, I've become more successful at my career because, you know, God has done things inside of me. I've learned things from His Word, and He has, by His Spirit, healed me of, you know, uh, what life has done to me. 
and I've become better and healthier at life. And I could, you know, 10 years ago, I would look at that and I'd be like, God, that was you. This is not me. But after a while, um, give it enough time and you will start to confuse what God has done with, your, with the work of your own hands. Right? And this is exactly what the Israelites did. They, they crafted idols out of their own, by their own hands and with their own things. And said, look, these things brought us up out of Egypt. And the one, the one thing that is certain, an idol that is mute and can't move, is definitely going to disappoint you one day. <laughs> right? If you're, praying for, if you're praying to that thing for, for food, he's not going to get up and cook you a meal. Yeah. You're going to be disappointed. Okay? Your idols that are not of God, your, the things and systems that you're worshiping that are not of God will disappoint you. It's a good indication uh, that you're on the wrong path. And God is active and speaking to you. He's getting into your conscience. And the only pe- person who can recognize it is you. And God is going to speak to you like that. If, and God will increasingly speak to you if you listen. As you start to obey, as you start to um, do the things that He is impressing upon you, you will start to hear Him more and more. And I just want to go on with, with that analogy of when, when things start going well, when you start... When things start getting better in your life, you know, when you've been living with God, when you're in a community, people are praying for you, things are going well, when you become more successful, do not forget the one uh, that is your provider. Do not forget where everything has come from. Do not confuse God's work with your own deeds. And uh, it's just so easy to fall into that trap because all of us are subject to time. And time seems to be the ingredient that, um, you know, helps us to forget what God has done. And that's why the Bible encourages us so much to remember what God has done. Have communion. You know, we have these, we have these practices that God has given us to remember Him. Because we, just like the Israelites, tend to forget. Amen? I mean, I, I completely, I cannot attribute any of, of the, the good things inside of me. You know, I'm not, you know, I've read up now on, you know, boundaries and, and you know, there's a, a guy I re- I've read up on, Jordan Peterson. He's, he's very good at, you know, helping you to think correctly, Right? But that, anyone can do that. Anyone in the world can, can, can read that book and learn from it. But it's not the power of God. Those things don't hold the power of God. The way that my life was transformed was growing up, you know, with, with, with a rocky family situation doesn't give a, a son quite a lot of confidence, you know. And so I didn't know how to be a man. I didn't know how to be a father. But because God loved me, and because He first taught me that He was my Father, um, that transformed my life so that I can love now, that I can raise my children. 
Although I feel like my main job as a father now is running around, trying to catch them and stop them from burning their fingers. But, uh, you know, I'm le- and if I don't stay connected to God, my Father, my Heavenly Father, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to love my kids and my wife the way that God wants me to. And I, my, my, the battle is inside of me for that, right? When we read the Psalms, we, we read a lot about David, you know, he had a lot of physical enemies. He actually had people who were trying to kill him. And the last time I checked, there are not many people on earth who were trying to kill me, okay? Uh, but inside of me, there's, there's the fight between the flesh and the spirit, and the flesh is trying to kill the spirit. And that fight is going on in each and every one of us. And the same tenacity with which David writes about his enemies, I pray that prayer, those prayers with everything inside of me against the flesh and against everything that's fighting against the Spirit of God inside of me. And I'm telling you now, there's only one person who can fight my fight for me uh, against the flesh, against my flesh. Um, you know, obviously by God's grace, I rely on God, and, but I, I have to actually face that battle. And that battle is going on inside of me. I want to move on to John 14. Uh, yes. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. I just want to highlight two points from there. But, I mean, it's quite, Jesus says it, it's quite simple. You know, it's not, it's not very complex. It's like, if you, you will do, if you love me, you will do what I say. Like, there's not much, there's not much more to, it's like, we've, we've reached the extent of, you know, practically how that plays out is, is a lot more complex. But the, the principle is very clear, right? Can you all agree with me? Um, and then he also, and then he says the opposite. You know, if you don't love me, you will not obey my teaching. And I don't know about you, if you've, if you've raised a, a child, and I'll give you a very recent um, example. This morning, uh, we're getting ready, <laughs> and I asked Lilia, she's three years old, okay, so I might have expected too much, but I asked her, please stand still while I dress you, okay? <laughs> and I can assure you, uh, while she was acting like she was a monkey and squawking like a pterodactyl, she did not stand still. And as a father, I can guarantee you that the ex- I experienced displeasure, okay? <laughs> okay. I was not very, I, I was not, 
was not happy. <laughs> and I think it does, you know, it does a father, it does a father well in his heart when when he experiences, you know, the cooperation of his children. <laughs> Look, uh, you know, I don't expect perfection, you know, but I, I expect I expect cooperation and uh, and uh, you know and I. I think it's just a little glimpse and a little window into, into God's heart for us. You know, I think if you, if you want to know what pleases God, um, if you want to know what it pleases your creator, you know, uh, listening, listening to what he says, I think it is like high on the priority. Okay? <laughs> I think that's top of his list. Um, it, it, you know, it, it pleases God. You know, what else are we left here to do on earth? Um, you know, sure, we're going to have a good time. Sure, we're going to experience, you know, pleasures of, of loving one another and joy and happiness and laughing and being together. We're also going to experience, you know, the opposite of life, the difficulties of life, the lack, um, jealousy, you know, uh, just people being unhealthy and hurting one another. You know, the effects of sin on our life. We're going to experience all those things. But we are here to, to please God and to experience the pleasure of God. To experience His love and affirmation over you on this earth. Kala, I don't know, if, for those of you who know Kala, you, you guys want to, but uh, I mean, he often, he often tells this story and this analogy that you know, in heaven, everyone is going to praise God. You know, you won't but help to praise God. If you see God in His fullness and His glory, um, you know, you will praise Him. But on this earth, uh, when you obey Him, when you listen to Him, when you forgive someone who does not deserve it, all of heaven rejoices with you in that moment. And I think you can experience God's affirmation and love over you as you become more aware and conscious of Him. You can go through, I don't want to say your whole life, let's, let's keep it a bit smaller. Let's, you can go through a whole week without, experience, without experiencing the affirmation um, and love of God over your life. Purely because you didn't take the time uh, to experience it. You know, and and that week is gone. This week that has passed is gone. You're never going to have it back again. You're never going to have that moment to sit down and, and just and listen to your father. And I think this is key, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. That's a promise from Jesus. The Holy Spirit that He sent, that is living inside of you, He will remind you of everything that Jesus has said. And my question to you is, when last did you ask God what to do? When last did you ask Him to remind you of your salvation? To remind you of His love for you? Um, I was, let me tell a, a story. I was driving uh, with a friend. I don't think many of you know him, um, so I won't, I won't tell you who it is. 
Um, but I told him about a, you know, there was a particular uh, challenge that I had uh, with a relationship, a family relationship. And I told him, you know, this is what's going on. No, 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 no. You know, what do you think? What do you think I need to do? And his response and the way he responded to me was a way I think um, he has learned from God <laughs> to respond. Uh, I don't know about most of you, but when somebody comes to me and asks for advice, you know, it feels pretty good. Okay. <laughs> when you when you tell you know when you yeah you know it it boosts your ego, right? It's it's like you know, and and when actually when you have something to say, and when you actually have something good to say, and you get that, and the person is like, yeah, yeah, yes, that's great, yeah, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna, like you know, like in a very selfish and human way. Listen, that feels like, you know, it's good for you. It's like, yeah, I'm important, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, but this friend of mine exercised the restraint of not telling me what to do. He didn't give me, a, he didn't give me an answer. But what he did do is he empowered me to go and find the right answer. Um, so he, you know, he referenced, you know, hey, Maybe go and read up on, on this and this and this. Uh, you know, go read up about, you know, he suggested a particular book. And then he said, and then uh, with your wife, go and, why don't you guys just pray through a chapter a day and then decide from there what you're going to do. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> and I think, and what he did was, he did, he empowered me to be able to make future decisions, um, to handle future problems when he wasn't around. And uh, I think God leaves that impression on us as well. Um, you know, God, God, when we take something to God and we actually hear from Him um, and we actually do what He says, uh, it, it pleases Him. And I think God is like that because I think He empowers you to do uh, His will. He empowers you to do His will. When we, when we take these things to God and when we listen to Him and obey Him, He empowers us to do it. Uh, and it's just so easy to go and find answers in a book, find answers you know, in a friend, and yes, the Bible will confirm what God is saying, but God wants you to, to have those conversations with Him. That, that challenge that you have, that, you know, that thing where you feel like there's no, you don't know what to do, and you've you know, analyzed everything and exhausted all the, you know, the knowledge that is out there in the world, you, know, you can still go to God, and He can still tell you what to do, and you can listen to Him. And I think it's very hard for us to do because we, I mean, when we don't know what to do, we Google it, right? <laughs> and if you don't have access to Google, then you, you ask a friend. Um, but God is closer than Google. God is closer than a friend. And yes, we, we, we do share our struggles and what we're going through with each other, but we need to be led um, my God.
And uh, I'm going to descri- try to describe a general uh, feeling or experience in life, and, and you guys can tell me if you agree with me or not. But there have been situations in my life where I didn't know what to do, and I felt helpless, like I felt like there was no answer. And, um, you know, and it looked like the outcome was going to be the worst, and I didn't know what to do to make it better. And in those moments, um, that's when I get depressed because I feel, like my arm, I feel like I'm tied up, like I can't do anything about the situation. And that's when, you know, that, that, used, that would like plunge me into uh, depression. And I believe God wants to release you from that. In take, God wants to set you free from that paralysis of not, not being able to do as we become more aware of God, as we become more conscious of Him, it will become more clear to us what it is that He wants us to do. And in that, you're going to find a lot of liberty and joy. And I know it's not easy. Um, generally, as things start to get better, they also start to get more difficult. As, uh, as your relationships start to get stronger and more robust, the conversations become more difficult, but it gets better. And... Um, God is in that. God is in inspiring hope in your relationships, in your life, in your work, in your career, in following Him. He wants things to get better in your life, but He wants it to get better by you listening to Him and following Him. Amen? Um, I'm going to end with this. Um, Yeah, so I want us to respond in this way. So if you'll... Yeah, just position yourself to, yeah, to respond to God, um, to engage with Him. If, if, if one of these two descriptions are any way relevant to you, to, you know, to take it to Him, to, to, to pray to Him this morning, to minister to Him. Um, so, yeah, why don't you, uh, you know, I, I believe there might be, at least one person here this morning that feels like you're not hearing what, what God is doing. You're not hearing what He is saying. Um, but you kind of, in a sense, you're neutral about it. You're like, you know, this, this is my lot. You know, this is, this is what it's supposed to be like. Um, you think everything's going to be okay, but, you know, you don't feel like there's much that you can do about it. And in a sense, you feel like you're getting uh, what you deserve from God. You're not, you know, you're not giving, you're not giving enough. You're not doing enough. You're not praying enough. Um, and what you're getting is, it's fine because it's, it's what you deserve. And in, in Christ this morning, in Jesus... Lord, if there's anyone under that yoke and chained by that thought or belief that they're just getting what they deserve, that like, like their relationship with you is, is as good as it gets right now. Lord, I pray that you come and break that yoke in Jesus' name this morning, Lord. Lord, you are in the business of giving us what we do not deserve, Lord. You are in the business, Lord, of lavishing us with your love and your grace and your mercy. 
Most of all, Lord, when we don't deserve it. Most of all, Lord, when we have missed the mark, Lord God. When we have sinned, Lord God. When we have ignored you, Lord God. When we have shut you out of our life, Lord. When we have allowed other voices to be louder than your voice in our life, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would come and liberate that person this morning, Lord God. Lord, that you would come right now, Lord God. Just, Lord, may it feel like a rushing water, Lord God. May it feel like they're under a waterfall, Lord God, as you wash them clean from that thought, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord God. And I pray that that, that person or those people this morning, Lord, Lord, as they're talking to you right now, Lord, as they're saying to you, Lord, that's, that's me, God, that, that resonates with what I'm experiencing right now. Lord, I pray this week, Lord, I pray this week, Lord God, that they would experience an undeserved mercy. You're not getting what you deserve. You're not getting what you deserve. You are being bound by the flesh. You are being bound by the enemy. And God wants to set you free from that. God wants to invigorate hope in your relationship with him this morning. This isn't as good as it gets. Your relationship with him gets better than this. And Lord, I pray that you inspire hope in, them this, in us this morning, Lord God. Lord, that we can hear your voice, Lord God. Lord, and forgive us, Lord, where we have um, ignored your voice, Lord God. And I know that you, can, you will give us a fresh start, Lord God. That you will start to speak to us again, Lord. And as we hear you and as we listen to you, um, your voice will become clearer. And then, and then there's another, I think there's another thing that God just highlighted to me as well this morning. Is that you might feel like um, you're not getting what you deserve. You're praying and you're praying and you're trusting and you're trusting. And you're doing all the right things. But you're not getting what you think you deserve. And you feel like maybe God has forgotten you and he's not seeing, he's not seeing you. And, and Lord, I just want to come and pray into that, Lord God. Lord, if there's anyone, Lord, who, who's in that space, Lord God, Lord, come and show them, Lord, that you are living and active in their life, Lord God. may not be in the way that they want right now, Lord God, but it is in the way that they need, Lord. Lord, and I pray, Lord, that no one, Lord, would be enslaved by the thought this morning, Lord, that you are not present, Lord God, that you are not active, Lord that you are not in them, Lord. Lord, I pray that you come and break that lie, Lord God. I pray that you silence every voice, Lord, that speaks absence of God, that speaks distance of God. Lord, you are close and you are near, Lord God. Lord, and I pray that you come and liberate that person in Jesus' name this morning, Lord. Lord, and I pray that you equip us, Lord God, and empower us, Lord God, to live lives fully conscious and aware of you, Lord. Lord, where it is a joy to enter your courts, Lord. Where it is a joy to experience your presence, Lord God. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, be encouraged. Um, be rejuvenated. Be happy. God, God, is, God is good. And Morneo is going to keep on telling us what God is speaking to him. Yeah, I just wanted to just share something in my life that Sean is just like highlighting. Uh, like last week, um, I was really struggling to find God, or it's like a, a, a period, really struggling to find God in the Word. Um, and I'm literally following a Bible plan that I felt in the beginning of the year, yes, I must feel, but it's quite uh, intensive. So then I, you know, then I, I read it, read it, and then I, there's like a two-week time that I, that's just it's quite dead to me. Um, and then, then I will just leave it. Then I will literally just read news and because it will be much more fun for me and even play Plants vs. Zombies um, because, you know, I don't find that life. And then I just sort of, I stood back and I like realized, yes, see, I'm like, I'm trying to read the Word and then God is like saying, but, you know, I'm, God is trying to speak to me and I'm like, God, stop speaking to me. I'm, I'm reading your Word. So I'm, I'm literally finding life. I'm so used to finding life in that structure. And now that, that life is gone, but I'm still in the structure. And then I literally stopped. Uh, and I go, God, what, you know, what do you want me to do? And then sometimes I just feel like I just read this one psalm. But my Bible reading plan is like five points. You know, five, you know, five different books. But uh, it's, you know, psalm is just one of those five. And I'm already nine days after, so I literally each day I need to like, you know, sketch me up on the U-Vision, on the Bible reading plan. And it's like, but that's fine. That's fine. Just read this. And then I find, just, I find life again. Just in that one psalm. And then it's like, usually I spend, I try to spend 40 minutes and now I spend five minutes. But there's more life in those five minutes than in that 40 minutes of trying and, you know, fighting and striving. So yeah, just spot on. Amen. Yeah, the, yeah, thanks for sharing that, Murnau. Um Yeah, I think many of us have experienced the wrath of being up behind on a, biz, uh, on a, on a Bible reading plan. So, <laughs> but I mean, that's exactly it. Uh, it's figuring out where, where is God and where is He trying to speak to you. And sometimes it is in your Bible reading plan and sometimes it's not. And... Uh, and I mean, enjoy the journey of God uh, living inside of you and leading you on that, okay? So, be encouraged every time I try to land it. <laughs> I'm excited that someone else has something to say. <laughs> no, I, it's just, uh, yeah, I was encouraged by the preaching. It just reminded me of something when I was still in Uganda. One of my pastor, he said something to me that, it's still, I still remember that. He said to me that, Stella, when, uh, the time that I have known you is that every time there is a problem in your life, you see opportunity in it. So that is something he saw in me, and I didn't know it. And so this thing, really the Lord uses it to help me, every situation, to see an opportunity. And I just want to highlight, for instance, for me to be here, and Afrikaans is being preached, and I sit and I can't hear. It is very difficult. But I feel 
the Lord is saying, Stella, there is something you need. Go study. You can learn the language. And I want to encourage you, if you're going through a difficult situation, it's really difficult, and you're tempted to run away. For me, it's easy to run away. But <laughs> the Lord is saying, Stella, stay. You can, you can ask me to make something beautiful out of it. You can ask me to give you that language as a blessing so you can bl be blessed wherever you go. And um, you are just encouraging, if you feel this is difficult, trust the Lord to make something beautiful out of the difficult situation so that you can go through it and not run away from it. Amen, Amen Stella. Yeah. Is there anyone else? <laughs> Now's your thought. <laughs> I think it's easy for anyone yet to run away. Maybe not for Grant. Grant's still recovering. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that, Stella. And uh, it's like, yeah, sometimes something doesn't make sense, but God has asked you to do it. And it's difficult, but there's going to be the life of God in it. I'm going to end it here now. The mic's going off. Um, so enjoy your Sunday. Uh, we'll see you guys in and through the week. Um, love you guys. Bless you. Be blessed. Amen.